1: Learn more at intel.com slash starts.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the UFC Vegas 63 post-fight show. We are live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. For those listening on the Podcast Network after the fact or watching this after the fact, We appreciate that. But for those here live, we can sulk together. What a fight card,
3: Mike. What a fight card.
2: I know. We were complaining the whole time.
3: My apology to everybody who was rightfully calling us out beforehand saying, this is a great fight card. You guys aren't true fans. You're not the hardcore fans. They're in on this fight card. Get out of here, rookies. You guys are right. This delivered. This was one hell of an LFA card. Loved it. (laughs) <laughs> well, it was,
2: it was... the main events, which everybody was looking forward to, whether there were big time stakes or not, with Alexander Volkanovsky potentially moving up to 155 pounds to fight Islam Makachev. We were all looking forward to a high stakes main event. We didn't get high stakes, but a high level main event nonetheless between Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen. The first round was a, a fun little chess match. Both guys were finding success in their own ways. About Right, just under two minutes left in the first round, Allen landed a nice combination that got Calvin's attention. Calvin, being that Boston crazy man, came back, landed some big shots. Allen was starting to land clean, especially with his left hand. And then Cater went for a jumping knee. Allen wisely moved out of the way. Cater tried to do something where he grabbed Allen's head and tried to pull him back in, but Cater lands awkwardly on the mat, you could see his knee sort of pop out. This is not the first knee pop of the card because we saw it happen to Phil Haas in a much different way. But Cater is hurt. Allen pounces on him and puts on a submission. Cater is saved by the bell, goes back to his corner. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And then Cater stands up in getting ready for the second round. He's walking around. It seems like he's fine, he's not limping, looking okay. Second round begins, and Arnold Allen lands a calf kick, but not to the injured leg, to the left leg. And then Cater puts the weight on the right foot. You see the knee move awkwardly again. Down he goes. Herb Dean comes in. No hokey pokey, Herb, this time. He's just like, nope, I have seen enough. And Arnold Allen is now 10-0 and 0 in the UFC. If anybody bet Arnold Allen by KO, TKO, good for you. Because this is probably the only way it was going to happen because Calvin is just so tough. But, man, you were live blogging. I was doing the recap. I was just like, my reaction, and apologies if anyone's offended by the language, I literally said out loud, you have got to be shitting me. I cannot believe this just happened. What was your reaction to to all of this? Because, I mean, I saw on Twitter a lot of people like, oh, Calvin's team should have never let him go back out there. Yep all of that. Was that like your initial reaction? This shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't even have gotten to this point. Or what did yeah. you think of it all?
3: First, I just want to shout out. I uh, do not remember uh, the Twitter handle user, but before this fight card happened, guy reached out and was like, Hey, there's a bet here for DraftKings does fit uh, uh decision only bets or whatever, or fi- finish only bets. And it's like, you can bet on these like, these different things, which won't pay out if something happens. And pretty sure that Alan TKO just ruined his whole day. <laughs> so shame for that. Uh, yeah. My over my overwhelming thought was, well, this blows. Uh, for every reason that everybody here thinks it blows, right? You know, it's, it is unfortunate. The thing that is going to immediately be lost in the shuffle here is just how good Arnold Allen looked in round one. Because he looked... He he outboxed Calvin Cater in round one. There ain't no other way to put what that first round was. Maybe Cater makes adjustments. It's a five-round fight. A lot could have happened. But I did not anticipate Arnold Allen to look that good uh, on the feet in, in really what was entirely a, a kickboxing and mostly just a boxing matchup. So that's a, it's a shame for, for, Cal, for Arnold Allen. It's obviously a shame for Calvin Cater. But after the first thing comes, the second thing comes, and this is not exclusively on Cater's Corner because, as you mentioned, they are not the only people to do this. People want to act like steroids is like a huge issue in MMA or that the judging is really bad or et cetera. They are not the biggest problem in this sport. Corners are. It is inexcusable to send Calvin Cater back out there. His knee is clearly done. Like – it is just done. And while a ringside doctor probably can't, I'm, I am sort of on the side that it's okay for the doctor to say go on because at least in theory, he can intelligently defend himself, even if not in actuality of practice. And I even recognize Herb Dean being in the situation to say short leash on this one. The corner is supposed to protect their fighter. And I do. I am not a medical professional. I am going to assume that that is an MCL or ACL tear or perhaps both. It did not get better by Calvin Cater going out there, standing on one leg while he checked a kick and having his knee slide out again. It only got worse. You are only further harming your fighter and maybe it wasn't a full blown, full blown tear beforehand. And instead rehab or minor surgery could have fixed that. And now, Whatever it is, it's torn and torn but good, and he's out for a year. You are not. I recognize that you feel weird because you don't want to deny your fighter the chance to win and the imp- and like the the persuasion that is a win bonus and the purse that goes with that. That's not your job. Your job is to protect the fighter, and that's it. And if Calvin Cater decides after to fire you, well, that sucks, but that's when he's screwing up. Your job is to protect your fighter, to maximize their longevity, their health, and their health outside the sport after this is gone. We saw it the other week with TJ Dillashaw. That was garbage. We saw it earlier in the night with uh, Phil Hawes. That was garbage. Do your fucking job, Corners, because in both instances, those men suffered substantially worse injuries than they had beforehand. And instead of Phil Hawes looking at knee replacement, Now he's got knee issues and a nasty-ass KO on his record and on his brain. And it is just inexcusable to do this because it is not a rational thing. You are absolutely derelict in your duty, and I'm going to take you to task every time because that is doing way more harm to fighters and this sport than anything else. And it's not a hard fix. It is incredibly simple.
2: It's tough. I'm sure at some point, whether it's not, whether it's Ariel or myself, uh, I will reach out to Tyson Chartier and try to get a response from him. Maybe we'll do an interview like we did after the Max Holloway fight and give him a chance to, to give his side of it. I've talked to Tyson many times, talked to him after the Max Holloway fight and he defended letting him go out in the fifth round, all that stuff.
3: Yeah. That was objectively wrong. Like it's just, you just can't do that. Like it is, it, Calvin Cater is too tough for Like your job is that he is too tough for his own good. Calvin Cater is a warrior. That means never going to say no. You have to know when to say, huh? Because remember what happened after the Max fight? He took out a year. And that was great coaching and great work to say, we're going to take a long time off. But instead, if you pull the trigger a little earlier and say, it's not our night. Sometimes you get speed bagged and that's just what happened. Maybe he can come back sooner. Maybe he doesn't have to spend a year without a paycheck because you're doing your job instead of living in fantasy land and thinking something magical is going to happen.
2: It's unfortunate. This is an unfortunate way to end it. Uh, Hopefully we get to hear from Calvin's team, see what they think of the whole situation, their response. I mean, obviously we couldn't hear the entire – it does. It does, and we'll see how bad the injury is. Hopefully we have an update over the next 24 hours. But as unfortunate as this all is, and you mentioned it, Arnold Allen was looking good. He won that first round, whether the injury happened or not. Like if Calvin, if that round continued and Calvin went on to finish the round without injuring his knee, Arnold's winning a 10-9 in that first round. He was looking good. Calvin looked good for stages two, but it seemed like the final half of that first round, Arnold started started to take over. He was landing some clean shots. That left hand was getting through many, many, many times. Calvin was answering a little bit, landing some leg kicks, working the body pretty well. But Allen was landing the better shots and was probably winning that first round. Unfortunately, even even Arnold admitted after he goes, obviously not the fight I wanted to win. I was going to call for a title shot, kind of walked that back and then went interim title and then sort of jumped to, all right, he he was hokey pokey Herb. (laughs) He was hokey, hokey pokey Arnold. But I just, it's unfortunate because this division has been so unlucky this year in a lot of ways because we had. Cater Chikadze was a good start for the division in 2022 because Cater looked fantastic. He looked amazing. One of the best performances of his career in a fight that not a lot of people were giving him a chance to win. Then he goes and fights uh, Josh Emmett, UFC Austin. That's the next big one after
3: in 2022, man.
2: Yeah. A lot of people thought Cater won that fight. So we don't get a, a contender truly emerging when we had the chance a month later, less than a month later, We get Yaya Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. Unfortunate ending to that fight due to an injury. And then we get this one a week after Volkanovsky is going face-to-face with Islam Makachev, and we're talking about the stakes and what this fight could actually mean. Could they go the interim title route? I just don't want Arnold's performance to get lost in the shuffle here because although it was short and we didn't get all the answers to the questions, he did win that first round. It's not like the fight ended in 20 seconds.
3: Yeah, I mean it. It's a, it's probably the worst possible outcome, right? Like, not there's zero good outcomes from how this happened. Which it's on us. We didn't even factor that in to our <laughs> to what could happen to this one. And so the the gods punished us. The MMA gods were like hubris. You you don't think that injuries can happen? if you not paid attention to UFC main events in 2022? Here you go. So it it's really unfortunate. Um, it I don't I don't even know where I feel on it because like I mean I I guess it's okay that Volk is doing this thing so it's like it's a little bit better in that but I just feel so crappy for Calvin Cater who's had a great start to the year then got jobbed out of a decision and now this and now he's out for a year and Arnold Allen who for the first like for the first time in a decade I don't even know how long it's been since he's fought twice in a year he's finally here he's stepping in apparently with still some lingering hand concerns and then this happens it's just like man nothing nothing is breaking right for anybody except alexander volkanovsky <laughs> right now and so i don't i don't even know what we do here like i don't i don't know where we go from here mike
2: yeah cuz even if volkanovsky was sitting on the fence paying attention to this fight and wondering am I making the right decision after the way this ended? He's fighting Islam Akachev. Like it went from like 90% to a hundred percent. He's doing everything in his power to, so what do we do? Do we do Alan? I mean, look, we got Yair in there. Yair doesn't make great decisions. Most of the time when it comes to business, do we do Alan Emmett interim title? Is that what we're looking at here? If Yair is just still being Yair. If Yair
3: is going to be Yair, yes. If Yair is going to, put his big boy pants on and re- recognize that he needs to win a fight. Uh, then it, I I think it's Alan Yair. I think that, uh, frankly, I do not believe that Josh Emmett actually beat Calvin Cater. I know that he officially did. And that is all that really matters. But in an instance like this, like, give me, give me Arnold Allen on a two as has never lost in the UFC 10 fight win streak in the organization versus, the guy who's just outside of the top of it. I think that that's an absolutely okay thing to do. We're cool. Let's run that together. Uh, and that's for the interim belt. And you put that, maybe it's unfair to Yair. Don't think I really care all that much. You put that as the co-main for the pay-per-view in London with Leon Usman as the top. And that's that you rock that. And then underneath that in the you know, featured welterweight fight, you do Colby Hamza. You can do a five-rounders if you want. Uh, and that's that's how you book that card, and I'm pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I think that makes the most sense, right? You're you're the guy. You're the matchmaker. I don't want to step on Otno because you have that coming, but that feels like that makes the most sense to me.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, with them going to London, this makes perfect sense. Allen should be fighting for an interim title, especially I – and mean, it'll be a month – maybe six weeks after Volkanovsky would fight Makachev. Like, cause we don't know when this UK card's going to happen. Cause mm-hmm. from all indications, everything I've been told March 4th okay, is going to be in Las something? Vegas.
3: Oh, March 4th in Vegas. Okay.
2: That's that, that's the plan right now. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I know Muhammad Makayev was on the MA hour in a year in March 18th for the UK return. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they do two pay-per-views in March, but you are asking a lot of MMA fans to spend, lots and lots of money on two separate pay-per-views or they move it to April either way, no matter what Volkanovsky does, whether he wins the belt or he loses to Islam Makachev and gets finished, he's going to be out for a little while. Let's just do the interim title who cares. And at least we get a number one contender out of it because we don't have one. And that's the big problem with this division right now. That's the one downside to all of this, but Volkanovsky Again, proving he's not wrong here because everyone's saying, oh, you're holding up the division. He's not holding up the division. It's the division holding up the division. It's not their fault either because it's just so unfortunate how this is all going down. We do have bonuses, by the way, Jed. Do you have a? You want to venture a guess or do you already know? Well,
3: I don't know, so I'll take a guess. Uh, our pre-fight prediction of Fight of the Night is wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume that Fight of the Night uh, did, in fact, go to Khalil Roundtree and Dustin Jacoby.
2: It did not because there was no fight of the night.
3: Oh, okay. So we we just did the bonus game like that. Okay, that kind of feels lame. Jacoby Roundtree was pretty good. Pretty good little scrap. Like, it kind of feels like it deserved that. Yeah. Um. All right. So bonuses then. Well, it can't be uh, now. Just pick the finishes, and it can't be Allen. So Treyshawn Gore one thousand percent gets a bonus. Yep. Uh, they're gonna give one to Deleese. Yep. I think I've already established that I'm not like super in love with that, but whatever uh rogerio de lima is going to get one over arlovsky and then christian rodriguez in the anaconda
2: you were three out of four uh no no bonus for rogerio vermont mm. rogerio de lima steve garcia however did get a bonus for beating the ever-loving hell out of out of chase hooper yeah, uh I yeah think, so christian rodriguez that's, that's is a the other personal
3: one. problem where i'm like oh he beat a good fighter versus he beat chase hooper so
2: yeah yeah, you know, Christian Rodriguez, Steve Garcia, Roman DeLizze, and yeah, Tray- Christian Gore. Rodriguez,
3: yeah, it had to be getting one.
2: Yeah, I mean, he fought a dude who missed weight by three and a half pounds. I know it was super short notice, and it was tough for him to make the weight. Um yeah. but Trayshawn Gore, man, that Tray- guy. Gore and Christian the hell Rodriguez should
3: have gotten the two. Like if we were only doing two, those would have been the two. I would have said got it.
2: Yeah, TreShaun Tray- Gore did a hell of a job. Good win for him. Max Griffin wins a splitty over Tim Means. Waldo Cortez Acosta beats Jared Vandera, unanimous decision. We mentioned Treshawn Gore, but let's talk uh, many questions about the fight that probably if they were going to do a fight of the night was clearly the winner of fight of the night. Khalil Roundtree versus Dustin Jacoby. We took a trip to Splitty City. A lot of people not happy with us, but Let let me say
3: one last thing about the main event and then a fan tab we can talk about later. I don't want to drag this back up because it feels a little bit crappy, but I'm going to do it because I want it to be said. Full credit to Arnold Allen, not for doing the thing he waffled and didn't do the thing, but he at least, he handled the post-fight in the way you handle that. Man, I'm, I'm devastated. I didn't want to win like that. It's obviously not as cool. I can't call for a title shot. All the best, Calvin, et cetera. And then he did the thing. But he got the core of it right, which stands in stark contrast to Aljamain Sterling's idiotic, childish (laughs) rhyme about backpacking, a guy who clearly wasn't, like, thing. In both situations, we're not taking anything away from the guy winning, but it's it's just about reading the room and understanding the perception of things. (laughs) And so take a lesson, other fighters, for how you handle a situation like this.
1: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts.
2: Yes, I, I, there's a lot going on. I'm watching eye Hall fight Le'Veon Bell. Get outboxed
3: by Le'Veon Bell.
2: Yeah, he was in the second round, that's for sure. It looks like he's picking things up a little bit here in the third. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to this round, yeah. but it's, it's the first it's two just, rounds, he looked bad. Yeah, it looks like uh he was giving it away in the second, third looks like he's picking back up a little bit, but we'll see. But Cleo Roundtree, Dustin Jacoby. This has been this was the fight that got the most attention on the entire card because one, it was the outside of the main event, it was the fight everybody was looking forward to. Two, the scoring, because most people Scored it for Dustin Jacoby. Ooh. Khalil Roundtree gets the split decision nod. And a lot of people didn't agree with that. Your thoughts. How did you score it? Did the right guy win, in your opinion? Um,
3: I scored it for Dustin Jacoby, though I was really quite close to scoring that uh, the other way for for Cleo Roundtree. I'll be entirely frank. We talked about it in the pre-show. I obviously had a bet down on Roundtree. I felt pretty good about uh the odds and the value I was getting there and so i think i I am unclear in my scoring if i scored it as a result of me trying to overcorrect towards jacoby or not i think jacoby probably won that fight or should have won that fight i totally understand i think it is reasonable to have scored it for roundtree though i though i personally did not this feels i mean honestly it's incredibly similar not not in the way the fight broke out, but really in how I feel to Piotr Piotr Yanciano Malley. Like it's probably a bad decision. It's not a robbery. There is a there is a line of thinking that is reasonable to conclude in the outcome, even if I personally don't agree with it. Now in Piotr Yancio O'Malley, I gave all three rounds to Jan, but again, I totally recognize giving two. Uh, it being feasible to give two to O'Malley. In this one, I, I thought that uh, I, I gave two rounds to Jacoby, but if you wanted to skip him three rounds, I think you can even make that argument. So I think it's maybe not a great decision, but it's not an unreasonable one.
2: I scored it for Jacoby as well. I thought he won the first two rounds. I thought cl- the clearest round of all was the third for Khalil. Uh, the numbers, oh, really? the stats. I thought,
3: I thought the second being for Jacoby was the clearest round.
2: Yeah, I thought I mean I I at the end of the day, I scored at 29-28. I thought he won the first two rounds. The scorecards were literally all over the place. Uh Ben Cartledge gave Jacoby yeah, one, but Roundtree two and three. Flores gave Roundtree one, but Jacoby two. And then Ron McCarthy scored it the way most did and gave Jacoby the first two rounds and round the third. MMA decisions. Our old pal Drake Riggs was one of two media members for Roundtree. And Jay, Jay Petrie.
3: And Jay uh, Petrie.
2: And everybody else, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So 14 out of 16 scored it, 29, 28 for Dustin Jacoby. So it's unfortunate for Dustin. Uh, His Uh, his unbeaten streak comes to an end. And they should have just booked him with Dominic Reyes. They screwed this up, but it's okay. Uh,
3: I will adjust my answer because I did not realize how the official scores broke out. It's a, I think it's a pretty, pretty bad decision if you're giving Khalil round two. Um, yeah, I, I thought Khalil was Khalil did not get like totally stonewalled in that round. He had some moments and was competitive. To me, that was the clearest round of the fight. I'll I, if if you're scoring it for Khalil, I think it has to be one and three. I did ultimately give Khalil three, but I would have one was one to me should be the toss up round and the fact that two ended up being that way it's not great but again i think it's a defensible it's a defensible scorecard especially when you factor in where judges have a worse seat than you do and that's just i people don't take that into account nearly enough they're sitting cage side they don't get the same thing you get at home viewing and it it does actively affect the way you're perceiving how fight goes so yeah, not a robbery. But we're Good not fight. talking about the most important thing on this entire card, Mike, because it's important to this specific fight. Three and oh, baby. Three and oh. Khalil Roundtree cannot be defeated by a glory kickboxer. <laughs> Can't be done by hook or by crook, baby. They don't ask how, they ask how many. And Khalil Roundtree, three and O against former glory kickboxers. And if we're being. Even more honest, this fight should be fight of the night, and so he should be three for three on performance bonuses too. Ooh,
2: Uriah's getting after it. Ooh, but Le'Veon's fighting back. This is a good final ten seconds. Ooh.
3: Oh, cyborg, what do you what do you have? What good
2: is stuff. That? What is that belt? What's going on?
3: Chris Cyborg's belt oh. says "Cyborg"
2: on it. <laughs> it's the Chris Cyborg Grand oh, Slam grand, champion. Oh god. So uh, I guess your street your your fight stream is is a little quicker than mine
3: oh god
2: yeah chris don't i don't be know what freaking you're freaking
3: corny people like just don't be corny some corny ass you actually have belts bring real ones not your fake ass belt. <laughs> bring like, all- <laughs> I, if i had real belts i would bring real belts i wouldn't bring the fake one <laughs> <laughs> doing,
2: man? uh so khalil roundtree gets a, a a big win so we'll see what's next for him Roman Delice, Phil Haas we talked about that earlier that was crazy this is and this was this is Roman I mean Roman popped that knee out the, I think the referee should have stopped it right there like Roman's this like literally the... point Roman's literally telling the referee like hey Dan hey you his knee popped and Phil Haas can't even put weight on it and he's just like okay fight he's been too many Dan, BKFC fights I think
3: Tan Dan has more I think there's a very real argument for her to have stepped in in the first round and stopped the fight. But I, I can at least understand it. I think Tan Dan, my my ire is still going to go at the corner primarily. I do think Tan Dan should have not allowed that to happen because that, like he, that was a that was a move that a, a, an active action from the other fighter that caused that, and clearly clearly severely compromised him. Like, I think that's they. We didn't let Tim Sylvia fight with a broken arm when Frank Mir broke it. It's not like, well, he can still fight. He's he's not tapping. His arm's busting. to do it. Like you, you draw the line somewhere. I think Merglata should have stepped in there. But again, I, I'm way more mad at the corner than I am at Mergliata.
2: Yes, uh, you did get a heavyweight a heavyweight over to hit in the, on the main card Super Marcus Rus- on the other one. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Ruggiero- just runs over his teammate, Andre Orlovsky. uh, in that a minute close 50- to hitting
3: though, if we're being honest,
2: if it got out of the, if, if, if Arlovsky was able to get back to his feet at that point, that fight's going to do a decision. Yeah,
3: That's the thing that heavyweight over, it said two and a half, but it actually was over one round because if that fight cleared round one, it was going all the way to decision. We didn't get there. You can't win them all. Still the most electric bet in MMA gambling. (laughs) Uh, The rest of you may have watched Jared Vandera and Waldo Truth and been like, this fight is awful. What are we doing? And I was on the edge of my seat just begging for it to get to seven and a half minutes. Boy, howdy, it was fun.
2: Uh good win for Jun Young Park against Joseph Holmes. That flight did not go the way I was I expected it to go at all. Uh Steve Garcia just lights up Chase It started well Huber.
3: and then it just <laughs> then Jun Young Park was like, I got you now. Yeah. What happened? Not a good performance from Holmes.
2: Your eye hall oh wins the unanimous decision against it, Le'Veon Bell. So there I see you go. That.
3: I did not watch that fight closely enough to feel that was good. But the small pieces of it I caught while we were doing this, it looked like Le'Veon was winning, but you know.
2: Uh, Steve Garcia dropped Chase Hooper three times in the first minute and then got him out of there 32 seconds later. Cody Durden spoils the UFC debut of Carlos Mota, and Christian Rodriguez spoils the debut of Josh Weems with the performance award winning Anaconda choke submission in the first round. So, yeah, that's the card. I mean, if I don't know what, like, I don't even know what questions we can have here. So we're going to go for like
3: be a lot of injury questions. five to
2: 10 more minutes. So if you got questions, now is the time. Now yeah. is the time to, to get them in there. Uh, we are,
3: I don't know if we're going to get a question on this, but I, it, it speaks to the quality of this card that I think this is one of the things to talk about. Uh, Chase Hooper has got to be cut, right? Like we, we have to be done with this. And that is not an indictment of him as a fighter. It's an indictment of him. I it's an indictment of him as a fighter at this stage of his career. Kid's twenty two years old. He's clearly not developed. And it's that fight, I don't care what his other performance. That fight is the thing that says, yeah, we can't he can't be here right now because he didn't get dropped because Steve Garcia was awesome. He had dropped because he is petrified of striking, like of really striking, not of hitting mitts in the gym and working on combinations. You can see that he, has some of that like he's training He is not abandoning this but when he's getting real fire with real intent back at him he does not know how to process and react to that and that is not a it's not a knock on him he's 21 years old or 22 whatever nobody is good at that he he ha but he has to get reps and those reps come on a regional scene against other people not blowing him up in the biggest spot in the world you let him develop elsewhere they should have kept him on a on a developmental contract if they liked him or whatever. Do that. There, it's a thousand percent what's going to happen to the seventeen year old kid whose name I can't remember now. Like Dave, Raul Rosas Jr. Raul Rosas Jr. There you go. Like you just don't honestly. People had a huge issue with the bone Nickel thing, and like I get it because that one feels like an outlier. But I would rather, and especially the problem is really that they they were just dishonest about it. You should be erring on the side of development for young fighters, not of, well, let's just toss them in and see what happens. Like it's not the worst thing in the world, but that is a that kind of beating that he took in there, that can change a career. Like that can alter his entire view on professional fighting, not because he got killed and his brain's never gonna be the same, but because he he was so infinitely out of his depth. And that can set in a real problem for him. This is why this doesn't happen. And it is malpractice to do so. Like, Chase Hooper is interesting and fun, and if you want to keep him around on Fight Pass doing stuff, cool. But send that dude to LFA. Hell, you had half the LFA roster on this freaking card anyway. Just put him there. Put him in LFA or anywhere else, any other developmental league, and let him grow as is natural and reasonable instead of opening up fight nights. It's not necessary, man.
2: I saw... I saw somebody, one of the media members, I forget who it was, say that Chase should just move up to 155. That is one of the worst ideas ever because it's just—it's only going to—it's going to get way worse if he goes to 155. Um, so let's get some questions. I completely agree with you on that. It's tough. I, I did see some improvement on the striking in his in the Felipe Calhara's fight. Yeah, he was a little less wild in there. He was a little more patient. He was a little more technical. This one, he just came out flinging punches like he was just winging them. And he just left himself open. These are all counter shots that Garcia was landing just over and over again. And my tweet was chase Hooper looked like someone threw a balloon full of grape jelly at his face. Cause that's exactly what he looked like. He got absolutely batter in that fight. So we'll take a few of these. Uh, that's we, the we, thing,
3: man. If you're coming out fighting like that, it's, 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 that is a comfort thing. When you start Aljo honestly still strikes a little bit like that, where he's doing too much, too fast, too often. It's, it's, he is not comfortable on the feet yet, and he just needs time. You've got to give him time to develop, and it's not here in the UFC.
2: Yep. Uh, we, we've been talking a lot about doing the thing here. It's okay. like the MA fighting mantra. Will they put Khalil Roundtree in the UFC game? If not, I guess he'll never fight again. What did you think of the post fight and the demand? Put me in the oh, game. That's awesome. fighting. I liked it I too. That's,
3: <laughs> I think it's great. Like, if you're not, it's not, I mean, he could have called for somebody and that would have been fine, but who cares? Like, it doesn't matter, especially like calling for somebody off of win that is going to be contentious. Like, I think this is a fun one because he's right. Like, why isn't that dude in the UFC game? Uh, like he should, he has been in the UFC forever and he's been a fun action fighter. Like that's a dude who should just be in the UFC game. Uh, so it's fun. It's a unique little thing. He's probably going to get it because it's not a big ass to put somebody in the UFC game. Honestly, my only real issue with it is that ea ufc sucks like, it's just a bad game so the general desire of wanting to be there is a little specious but like i get it and it was cool it's better than him being like paul craig or whoever he would have called out i don't even know who it would have been
2: yeah what are the chances ufc releases Andre Orlovsky and he ends up fighting fedor in fader's retirement fight seems really low yeah super low
3: i mean i uh, don't let's Let's so not, not forget, Arlovsky was on a four fight win streak before this. So <laughs>
2: but, uh, he's
3: he not getting walking papers. They're going to let Andre fight as long as he wants to fight. The question is, will entirely be whether he wants to re sign with them because he's left before, because that man will get paid where he's going to get paid the most, especially at this stage of his career. So I don't think they're cutting him.
2: I don't think so either. I. At least they still think he's going to fight Romanov next. Uh, Roman Delize. That, seem,
3: that seems probably true, actually. Yeah, that's going
2: to happen. Uh, Roman Delize called out getting a top 15 middleweight. Think he deserves it after this win?
3: Feels like it. Was uh, was Haas ranked for the UFC rankings? Let me pull their ranking.
2: No, up. he wasn't.
3: Was he not? Okay. Um, I don't mind it. What's one, three, four in a row. Two well, in a row, I believe. Haas is a good oh, one. Three in a
2: row. Three in a row. He's got three yeah. in a row.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't think it was two. Haas is a good win. Um, Problem is actually it looks like most of the top 15 middleweights in the UFC are booked.
2: Yeah, I mean maybe he goes for the uh, maybe he goes for the coveted middleweightiest middleweight title oh, crown, the shoot. number 16 spot. He should have called out Brendan Allen. That's the way to go. I feel like Brendan Allen actually
3: Brendan Allen more deserves a top 15 opponent than Delisze does, in my opinion. So um maybe Kayo. Barallo. That was not an awful fight. I'm yeah. okay with that actually. That probably Christoph
2: Jocko Gerald That's a really good fight.
3: I'm that's the fight. I w- I'd like to su- to steal your pick for an Otto point because
2: Kyle. That fights. I, like
3: that. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I think Deleese has a really good chance. I like Kyle, but I don't think Kyle's going to backpack him like the like is a damn fine grappler. So that's
2: a great fight. Let's do that. I'll take a top twenty-ish guy. Does Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway in 2023 make sense? No. I don't think it does either.
3: Here's the issue. I have no real problem with that fight. be a great fight. Uh, Max Holloway doesn't make sense for anybody in the featherweight division because he's Max Holloway. And, like, at some point, Max is going to fall off. Like, that, that's just how time works. You can't have him fight anybody. Like, having... He, if he's fighting a featherweight contender, it needs to be one that you hate because chances are he's going to beat that dude. Like, it has to be a guy that you want to send a message to. Max is the guy who you need to face the oh, you're on the last fight of your contract and you're holding out. Well, here you go. You get Max. Now you're going to lose. Let's see where you're at. Like, that's he needs to be fighting lightweights because he won't up the program against lightweights. Like, I love Arnold Allen. I think what I saw in that first round, I would love to watch Arnold Allen challenge for a title. It's max freaking Holloway, man. Like I don't think I can pick Arnold Allen to beat max Holloway. If he does, yes, he has done the thing. He has established himself. You and I have already had this discussion several times. I disagree with you fundamentally because like sometimes you just pick a dude who's jumped out and all Allen has done enough in that regard to be that dude. And if you make him do the thing, Max might beat him, and then we've just screwed ourselves again into a perpetual world where Max fights Volk, and we don't need to see 6, 7, and 8 of that fight. So no, doesn't make sense only because there's no upside for that fight if Max wins. You're just like, cool, we killed off a contender. Well, on to the next one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, on to the next one this past weekend, after UFC 280, if Charles Oliveira can't fight Benil Dariush in the next six months. Do Max Holloway versus Charles Oliveira. Let's just do that. Like, that's that's just fun as hell. Yeah. Or
3: the fight I have been calling for for, I think, six years. And maybe people will hate this, but I don't care. Give me the battle of of the angel wing tattoos. Give me Max versus Tony. Everybody continues to want to see Tony fight. That's not an unreasonable fight. It's a fun as hell fight for sure, and it ruins nobody. There's yeah. no bad outcome to that fight, so do that. I would say Max Connor too, but Connor don't want that smoke. No.
2: Max, <laughs> so, the one I truly want is Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje. That's the one I've been calling Max, for Jesse for a couple of years. Fight anybody,
3: that fight would be awesome. Yeah,
2: that would be tremendous. Like,
3: that's the thing. You don't do Arnold Allen versus Max. Because aside from all the stuff I previously said about potentially killing off a contender and a fun one, uh, it's just not a fun way to use Max. There are an infinite number of fun fights for Max, and he just lives in that world now. (laughs) Like, just do that. he fight Justin Gaethje, fight Charles Volvera, fight Tony Ferguson. Hell, have him go fight Michael Chandler. People seem to like that stupid dude. Have him fight Poirier for a third time. I don't care. Just have him fight any of those guys because it's all fun as hell.
2: Are You a Cody Durden believer yet, Jed Michaud? Wow, why,
3: why would I be a believer yet? Good performance. I'm not here to say that, but why would I be a believer?
2: <laughs> it's, I it's didn't a realize fine
3: performance.
2: I didn't realize there's what six main card fights on this Jake Paul and a silver card. We get two like 10 round pro boxing fights before this main event. It's gonna, yeah, be, it's a long time. It's gonna be a long night. Uh, that's
3: why I was asking beforehand about the post show. I, I mean,
2: we'll talk about it here. Uh, if you guys are or were part of the matchmaking crew of the UFC? What do we do with this trifecta of Yair Allen and Emmett? I think we're both on the same page here. The fight you, the fight you're in the war room trying to put together, the two names you're putting on the board for a card as let's try to do this is Arnold Allen versus Yair Rodriguez. That's the one. If you can get Yair on board, that's the interim title fight. Go ahead and do that. But if Yair's just going to be Yair, Allen and Emmett is is fine it's fine it's fine. but i would go alan yair that's the first choice but if yair is like no i'm only fighting volk and nobody else then just skip it and go alan Emmett. so
3: i think this is actually a a pretty easy solve right so uh has the mitchell has the mitchell fight been announced like for sure for sure
2: it's done it's happening december 10th he's fighting ilia taporia
3: yeah mitchell taporia is happening so if that's locked in who's mobs facing
2: nobody he's hurt
3: Oh, that's right. He was... Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's just the fourth fight of, of this little Grand Prix or whatever. You, you do
2: Mobzar versus Giga when he's ready to come back.
3: Yeah, Mobzar versus Giga when he's ready to come back, but you do the winner of Mitchell Tapuria versus Emmett, and you do Yair versus Allen for the interim. Yep. If Yair's being an ass, then Emmett gets to slot in, and then Yair's probably going to have to fight like Ilya Tapuria, which is how a thing called shooting yourself in the foot... Uh, it happens a lot in the sport. So I think that's it, though. You take the winner of that fight. That guy gets Emmett. You do Yair Allen for the interim belt. Done.
2: Yep. Let's see what else we got here. I'll try to find, like, one or two more. We got someone just being dumb, spamming dumb stuff. I have another
3: thing I'd like to talk about. very. Go briefly. ahead while so I look re- for the yeah, right thing. while you're looking. Going back to the main event, um, part that I didn't mention that's really a bummer here is Calvin Cater might be done like that is I feel bad saying that but he is 34 he's going to be 35 in the spring he is going to be out for a year the best case scenario we're looking at is he comes back and is fighting probably at 36 but it may even end up being later we talked about it with the TJ fight we talked about it a bunch it's it's impossible to age gracefully at sub 170s and coming off what appears to be a major knee injury at 36 years old against Ilya Tepori, a monster of Bryce Mitchell as good as this dude was and is, and is fun and exciting a fighter that knee injury may, I would go ahead and say that knee injury functionally removed his chances to ever fight for a belt. I think he's done with that now. And that sucks. It's really shitty, man.
2: Yep. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the injury is, but it can't be good. There's, there's going to be a torn CL in there somewhere. Yeah,
3: there's there's a torn something. You don't, that doesn't happen if it's just like, actually, it's just a minor sprain. Okay. Yeah, that, no, like,
2: yeah, that doesn't happen. Phil Haas is going to be out for a long time yeah. with that knee injury. His is probably worse than Cater's, if we're being honest, but probably. they're both very bad. They might be probably. exactly the same injury.
3: Cause yeah, because it's not like Calvin Cater's a pansy who's just like, oh, my knee hurts. I can't do this. It's like, yeah, he's clearly severely injured.
2: Suck. All right. Uh, last question, most underrated or overlooked fight on the card tonight? So maybe the most underrated. Per- which which performance is not going to age well in the MMA news space that probably deserves more credit? What performance is overlooked the most or will be like when we look back upon this card? I think I have an answer, but.
3: I have an answer, but it's not a fun one. What is it? Well, the, my answer is going to be honorable. Allen. Yeah. That first round was great. And I, where nobody's ever going to remember to talk about it because it's cause you can't. Because it's not like we can say definitively that he was going to win that fight or whatever. We can say he looked really good. He showed a lot of diversity. I love the angles he was creating and setting. Like them saying that his left hand was landing is true. But the reason why is because he was getting off on angles constantly on Cater. Cater never, and they I, I forget who it was on commentary pointed out, Cater was having trouble getting offense going. Because Allen was never there to be hit. He was in constant motion. He was giving him a moving target. Maybe that slows down. Maybe Cater adjusts. Any number of things could happen. The first round looked absolutely excellent from him. We're not going to remember it at all. And that blows. If you weren't, if I'm picking another one outside of that... Um, it's
2: Jen Young Park for me.
3: I, I was thinking about that. But in part, I thought that you would say it. And I wanted to be a little bit different. The um, one I was going to
2: go with was Treshawn Gore. I mean... Oh. Okay. I, I just, it, this, I mean, that was just, if we're looking at underrated performances, I think this one should probably age better than it's actually going to. Because I think Josh Friend is a, is, is a solid fighter. Like going in there and fighting Anthony Hernandez on a couple of weeks notice UFC debut and hanging in there the way that he did was very impressive. And Sean Gore just throwing the Sean Gore playbook out the window that has gotten him this far uh, was really impressive. The takedowns were great. I thought at the end of that first round, he was done. Like, yeah. I, I put it in the Slack show. I'm like, he's done-zo. He's done. Like, he was
0: It was, he was incredibly
3: funny timing.
2: Yeah. He was dying. <laughs> like, he was breathing. It was like he just ran a marathon. I'm like, There's, he's done. Josh Fran's about to put it on him. And then that that guillotine was ridiculous because Josh Fran tried to pro wrestling his way out of it. Like, he was jumping on the turnbuckles trying to get out of it. And it looked like he was going to take his neck completely off of his body. That was nasty. What a great oh, win. Great post fights. Gillies I've ever seen. That was absolutely yes. nasty. Brutal.
3: That's the thing is, I don't think that one, that's why, that wouldn't be my answer. Because I actually think that has a chance to at least make it on some people's submission of the year list. Because the optics of it are really, like, it's a really, really nasty Ghillie, man. <laughs> so, uh, like, if you threw that, it's not the submission of the year. But if that made you top five, I got no problem with that. So... Uh, If I'm picking another one, I think there's an argument to be made for Max Griffin looking pretty good against Tim Means, um, showing some depth to the game that I didn't expect. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I guess it is part Junior and Park, because it was really good. Part of me, again, though, feels that that was more of an indictment of Holmes than it was. Like, Park did great. Felt like Holmes should have had more to offer there, but... Alas, it is.
2: Every time I like, because I think as that fight was going on, I was writing up a recap of like the finish before. And literally every time I looked up, it'd be as soon as the round started, it'd be like 10 seconds after the round started. And Holmes is on his back, like mounted. And I'm like, this is literally not how this is supposed to play out when you have what a 12 inch reach advantage or whatever freakish thing he had. And that the fight- very,
3: very start, he was using it okay. And then almost immediately went away. And he, he wouldn't use his arms and his legs at the same time. I think that's actually true both on the feet, because he would punch, and he would stay stationary, and then he get tackled. And on the ground, he would like get to a hip and try and shrimp, but he wouldn't use his arms. And then he'd use his arms, but then he isn't moving his legs. It's like, well, this is pretty easy to control this if you're just fighting with one half of your body versus the other. and. Cause there were a lot of windows for him to do better on the ground than he was, but you know, you learn good performance from park. I'll give him that one. I'm sad. Nobody's asking questions about Jared Vanderoff.
2: Oh God. Yeah. Someone did did earlier. He's, (laughs) he's, he's, it was, uh, is he going to be released with the UFC still doing apex cards? And the answer is yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know there's not a ton of heavyweights on the roster, but I mean, come on now you've got to, we got to do more here. Um, do can someone ask, yeah, we briefly
3: ahead. discuss this
2: last thing? Yes,
3: is there an argument that he won that fight?
2: Someone, I mean, I, I saw
3: some people saying that, and I'm not opposed to it, I'm not sure it's correct, but I'll be very honest with you, I didn't score that fight because why would you do that to yourself?
2: <laughs> I have to, and I will also admit, uh, I went inside to hang out with my family during that fight because I see after the first round, I was like, all right, I've seen enough, this is gonna be 10 more minutes of this. <laughs> So before they go to sleep, I'm going to go hang out with them. <laughs> and, uh, and that's exactly what I did. I think I took my dog outside for a a quick jaunt in the backyard to relieve himself in the kindest way possible. And when I came back, uh, smoke break, they announced right? the winner. You know? So that was good. Uh, last thing, I'll just get this out of the way. Cause someone just asked, uh, bonuses. Yeah. There was no fight of the night, although probably should have gone to, to Khalil Roundtree versus Dustin Jacoby, uh, Treshawn Gore, Roman Delize, Steve Garcia, and Christian Rodriguez got bonuses. Okay. So there you go. That, uh so we're get done that paper. So we're done. We're gonna see if there's any post fight stuff that we can actually write up from this monumental event. So no. we, we do year end awards. We're gonna, we talk we're gonna
3: watch this boxing. Don't lie.
2: Well, this is the this is the boxing that's like gonna be like the best on the card, but nobody actually cares about.
3: Three fights away from the main two fights.
2: Yeah, we're in the second of 10 rounds of a Pro boxing match, and I believe the co-main event is also a ten-round pro boxing match. Before we get to the to the real deal, Holyfield. So I see you yawning. That's Man, telling you the next for
3: this one. I'm not gonna lie.
2: Yeah, and you know it's this gonna take like 40 minutes.
3: amped up like 280 did. I don't It's, know gonna, why. Take,
2: it's gonna take 40 minutes for for Silva and Paul to get to the ring. Who knows how Paul's going to come out. He's he's probably going to fly a helicopter in from his hotel or his house over to the building. It's going to take forever for him to get to the ring, so it should be fun, and we'll talk all about it. There'll be a post-fight show after. If there's a crazy finish in that fight, maybe Jed and I will come back, and we'll react to a crazy finish in that fight. But thank you all very much. Uh, We appreciate it. AK and I back tomorrow. On to the next one to discuss matchmaking. AK and I I were joking. I was like, I I think...
3: I submitted a pick, to No, this week. I'm very
2: excited. I'm very excited for that as well. Uh, I ha- I will say that this will probably be the shortest onto the next one in the history of the program, because there's just not a ton of meat on this bone. If we're being honest, from matchmaking perspective, There's gonna be a lot of this. A lot of this. This would be throwing darts at right. this card. A lot of friends point. forever. Tomorrow, I'm
3: feeling a lot. of friends
2: I don't today. think there's gonna be a lot of friends forever. You, for guys, at you all. guys
3: are in lockstep. I think you're gonna have it.
2: It's all like top fifty dudes fighting top forty yeah, that's, dudes. that's
3: why that's why it's gonna really be a friends forever instead of just like well obviously he's fighting for the belt next or whatever. Like,
2: yeah, even though probably. AK
3: actively chose not to pick Volkanovski.
2: <laughs> I don't understand that, but it's okay. Uh, I love it. But, but thank you, Jed. Enjoy the fights. If you're watching the boxing, enjoy the boxing, everybody. Uh, okay. And we'll be back tomorrow. There'll be all sorts of. Jake Paul and his civil host fight stuff. So stay tuned to this here network. But until then, everybody, for Jed Michu, I am Mike Hack. Thank you for watching and good night, everybody. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.